Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Ian here with episode two on the Dream Falcon Gaming Podcast. If you were with us for episode one, we talked about the resin world and the LD002H and the UW01 washing cure station. We also talked about some basic resin printing premises, some safety equipment and ways to kind of take care of yourself. And then I also included links to both the printer and wash and cure station. So for this episode, we're going to be doing something a little similar. We're going to be breaking down the Ender 3 V2. It's the first FDM printer I ever bought. And in terms of an entry level budget, you want to get into 3D printing on the FDM side. I think this is the way to go. Any of the Ender series, uh, you can't really go wrong with, in my opinion. I'm familiar with the 3V2, the 3 Pro, and the CR6SE. The 3 Pro is the predecessor to the V2. And then the CR6SE is one of the newer models Creality has released in their series of FDM printers. There will be episodes coming about those in the future, but today we're just going to talk about the 3v2 and what I think are the positives, what I think are the negatives, things I've done to it to kind of revamp it and make it a little better and add some stuff to it. And then what I think are some good tips and tricks for FDM printing, what kind of slicer you should use, and then also talk about just some basic premises of FDM printing and where I think you would benefit if you uh, if you put these ideas into practice. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. So the Ender 3 V2, the FDM model printer that I first bought, I bought it probably eight months ago and I've been printing, printing pretty consistently with it. In the beginning, I had some issues with just converting from the resin printing side to the FDM side. And once again, if you're with us for episode one, we talked about all things resin. So there are some differences, and I touched on it a little bit last week, but for FDM printing, you're getting a roll of various types of plastic, and it's fed through a hot end, which gets heated up into a certain size nozzle, whether it's 0 0.4, 0 0.2, 0.6, etc. And that plastic gets heated up melted and worked in layers to create your object. Uh, this week I will attach some information, like I said, on where you can get the printer and then information on the mods that I put on there, uh, kind of the upgrades that I've done to it. And then I will also include just another quick down and dirty uh, safety safety conversation about things to keep you safe when you're 3D printing in general. So back to the 3V2. Its printing size is 220 by 220 by 250. You can print pretty reliably in PLA, TPU, and PETG. For TPU and PETG, you're going to need to do some different modifications and some upgrades uh, just due to the restraints that are placed on that material. TPU is a flexible material, so it requires a little bit of little bit of different stuff, little hotter bed, little hotter hot end, and then um, some other things that we'll talk about. 
me mostly, I print in PLA pretty religiously for the things I do, the stuff I create and the stuff I want to do. Um, PLA gets, gets the job done for me. There's pet G there's ABS. ABS is pretty involved just because you should have an enclosure built with it. You have to maintain a pretty good temperature around the printer to succeed in printing ABS successfully. And sometime in the future, I'm sure I'll get into it. But for my needs, PLA is what I go with. So filament diameter for the 3v2 you're going to be using a 1.75 millimeter filament comes on a roll and one kilogram is what i use when you first purchase the printer they'll typically send you a sample of probably 200 grams or so um, of whatever brand if it's creality you'll get a creality brand filament but overall uh, in terms of what i prefer with filament i prefer to go with hatchbox being here in the u.s uh i've had the most success with hatchbox products and i stand by them 100 so if you have any others please feel free to reach out and let me know what you guys are using and hopefully whatever you decide to use if you do decide to go this route works well for you and with a little bit of tinkering you can get where you need to be so a little more about the printer as we talked about, it is 220 by 220 by 250. It's fused deposition modeling. It can either work online or off of an SD card. And for me, on all my FDM printers, I use Cura Slicer. Slicing software is the same as what we talked about in in episode two, or excuse me, episode one. And it just takes the object, cuts it, puts it into layers, and then spits out a G-code that your printer reads and prints out for you. So extruder hardware, we can print anywhere from 0.1 to 0.04. You can change that when you put a new nozzle in, whether you're doing a 0.6 millimeter nozzle, etc. Print positions, plus or minus 0.1 millimeter, and hotbed temperature goes to less than or equal to 100 degrees. Me personally, Using Hatchbox, I print at 205 degrees on the nozzle and 65 degrees on the bed. For the Hatchbox filament and the things I print, I've had the most success with those. Overall, those are my settings, and I don't think you can really go wrong with them. You might have to work with them a little bit depending on your printer. If you do decide to get a V2, they all have their own little nitpicky nuances and things you kind of got to work through. We talked about how it works. We talked about what it does. What do I like about it? So it's got an updated screen. It still uses the scroll knob to kind of work your way all the way through the menu, which having a touch screen on my CR6SE is nicer. But for me, I don't really mind using the knob on it. It comes with stock Marlin firmware. One of the big things to note with any FDM printer, if you get it, whatever firmware you want to do because there is community firmware out there there's different brands there's makers in the community who are creating their own firmware as for instance now i use gyres firmware he updated the ui made sure that thermal runaway was there and added some uh, quality of life features uh, that we'll talk about here so 
Thermal runaway. Safety is always paramount when you're 3D printing, whether you're printing resin, FDM, or any other kind of printing that you may get into. Hot ends get upwards of 200 degrees Celsius. Beds get upwards or up to 100 degrees Celsius. And you're generating a lot of heat. Big things are to make sure that, you know, you don't have any flammables, you don't have any combustibles, you don't have anything that's going to randomly catch on fire. Uh, You probably shouldn't have a stack of paper sitting on your printer or next to it while you're printing. But that's my opinion. Um, Right now, I print on a couple of shelving units from your local hardware store. That's where my printers sit. And they work pretty well. But always have a fire extinguisher around and just in case uh, i always print on a surge protector as well um and then just making sure you keep your printers clean making sure you keep them dust free uh excess scrap pieces of filament from when you're done printing there's usually always some kind whether your supports are breaking or you don't have great layer lines in your skirt your brim or your raft but ultimately making sure that you have a clean work area in a safe work area is always paramount they are generally safe in my opinion but there is cases out there with older printers back in back a few years back where they were catching on fire and you know some people lost lost a lot so it's important to take safety into consideration and some things to think about and as always in the 3d printing community there is a wealth of of knowledge on the internet you can join forums on places like facebook uh, reddit you can get into discord uh, discord groups and youtube is always a valuable resource as well so back to the printer we've talked about our safety features Uh, so when your 3v2 shows up it's going to show up in a box it's going to show up with a little bit of uh, put togetherness that it needs to have done to it you got to do some assembling not super difficult if you've ever done any kind of putting ikea furniture together honestly you can put a creality printer together it's really not that hard the instructions have gotten better and as always like i said before there is plenty of youtube videos out there to show you step by step what you need to do what you need to look for and where you go from there so once your printer is set up you typically will have sd cards Uh, come with them and then on those sd cards you're gonna get test prints so you put it in you do your leveling you follow the instructions and then you go ahead warm everything up get everything to temperature do its print and you're off and running once you've done your test prints and you've kind of calibrated everything to your liking that's when you get into the bread and butter of printing Um, like the resin world you can create your own objects and any kind of CAD software, 3D design software, or you can go to websites like Thingiverse, uh, My Mini Factory, Thangs. There's just so many of them out there um, where you can pick up files that people are list or posting online uh, that you can print for your own use. And then in the future, if you're into it, there are Patreons where you can join the Patreon, become a patron for your artist, and ultimately be able to buy a commercial license so you can sell your own products. But that we can talk about in a later episode. If anybody is interested, they can also reach out and I can share my experiences with being a seller on Etsy and pros and cons of that. But for the sake of the episode, we will stick 
pretty close to just discussing the 3v2, what I've done with it, things I like, things I don't like. So as I mentioned before, things I like are the screen. I think the screen is really good quality. You do a different firmware on it from the box. The out of the box firmware that Creality sends with it isn't bad. I used it for a long time before I actually got into another firmware and did a little more, did a little more tinkering and tweaking. Um, it comes with a glass bed on it already, which in my opinion is one of the best surfaces to print on. Once you get to your bed level and get your temperatures figured out for your filament and for what you're printing, I have had very little issues when it comes to printing on glass. There's also things like PEI sheets, uh, magnetic sheets, and then there's one other one that I can't think of off the top of my head, but there is a big variety of print surfaces out there that you can print on and print beds that you can print on. The beauty of FDM printing is there's a lot of tweaking that you can do. There's a lot of upgrading that you can do. There's a lot of personalization you can do to make it work how you want it to, add the parts you want, add the upgrades you want, etc. So with that, we can talk about the upgrades I have. So on my printer, I have a stock extruder setup for the most part. I did just replace it because I had a issue with the hot end that I had, and I ended up going to a micro Swiss all metal hot end, which I feel is great. It lasts a little better. It can hold better temperatures for if you want to print in things like PETG and TPU. Um, and then I use an all-metal nozzle on it now as well. Some other upgrades I did were I got rid of the plastic um, the plastic extruder. As I talked about, I went to the all-metal extruder uh, from Creality. And I feel personally that it changes the game a little bit. I used the plastic one that comes with it for a long time, but eventually they wear out, they crack, they break, they're plastic. You're putting a lot of time in on it, and because the whole point of the extruder is to pull your filament off the reel and feed it through your Bowden tube setup into your hot end, you're going to wear that plastic arm out. It only sits on a pretty crummy little spring, so after a while they wear out and break. Sometimes they're broken when you get them. Um, so if you do end up getting the three V two, I highly recommend having at the very least a all metal extruder with it as well. It's going to save you some time in the future. And ultimately once you get it set up, it prints better. So what else do I have on there? I have the Capricorn tubing, um, the original that it comes with the PTFE tubing is Pretty good, but the Capricorn is just, it's better material, honestly. Um, it's more accurate diameter in the tubing, so it takes the filament better, and it helps transfer that filament better into your hot end, and then it handles the heat stress a little better, being connected to the high temperatures coming off the hot end, so it doesn't always melt to your hot end, which is important, because the standard PTFE uh, that comes with it, is going to eventually melt. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who haven't melt directly to their hot end, and then they have to pull everything apart and cut it out, and it just becomes a pain. So if you're in the upgrade world, uh, you've gotten a little experience printing. 
the Capricorn tubing isn't a bad idea, in my opinion. And then, what else have I done to it? We talked about the firmware. So, oh, the last thing I did was the springs. So on the bed, there are knobs that you use to move the bed up and down to level it to the to where the hot end comes down to, to where your nozzle comes to. Leveling is something that you're always going to have to do um, unless you have an auto bed leveling setup, which I don't on my 3V2. In the future, I'm looking to upgrade to it, but for right now, I'm, I'm okay with doing the manual leveling. But the stock springs that come on the Ender 3V2 are pretty bad. You can get some heavier-duty springs on Amazon um, pretty easily, and I'll link all this stuff in the episode description so you guys can check it out if you want to. But super easy, quick upgrade, and it changed it changed the ability for the printer to hold the level better and to reduce leveling overall. So, yeah, that's uh, that's all the upgrades I've done to it so far. I've got probably five or six hundred hours on the printer it's run pretty consistently since i've gotten it um really it just runs all day all night and (laughs) especially when i'm home on the weekends it runs a lot but you can't really go wrong with it in my opinion um so there's that things i don't like about it uh as i talked about most of the things i don't like about it are no longer on the printer so the original hot end and I misspoke earlier. I believe I called it a all-metal hot end. It is an all-metal hot end now, but it's now the Micro Swiss hot end. Um, I replaced that. Like I say, I had some issues with uh, filament feeding and everything else, and I just decided to skip the middleman of tinkering with it and just went to the all-metal route with the Micro Swiss. Um, so that was the first thing. Uh, the second thing I talked about already, too, was the springs. The springs are really crappy. They work if you don't do really long prints or if you're not super confident with your printer yet. But with the fact that the bed moves along the X or excuse me, along the Y axis on a belt and then the X axis is going back and forth on the gantry, you're getting a lot of movement and a lot of jerking. So the springs don't really hold up too well. Uh, you'll end up having to relevel a lot more. Not something I really liked. Other things I didn't like were the plastic extruder, which I talked about. And then other than that, there really wasn't too much I didn't like about the printer. Obviously, you're talking, I think right now they're sub 300, maybe 250, 260. But you're talking about a budget printer, so there's going to be aches and pains. But in my opinion, going with the Ender 3 V2, you're getting a lot of the upgrades you already have or you're already going to want if you go with the Pro or with just the standard Ender 3. But we'll talk about that more in another episode. But ultimately, if you go with the Ender 3 V2, I don't think you're going to go wrong. Um, I think you're I think you're going to be in the right ballpark. And then really, you, you're not going to have to upgrade it for a really long time. Uh, I printed without any upgrades, without any firmware changes for the better part of six months, and it printed everything I want perfectly fine. Um, and then 
really, as you'll see as you get further into this hobby, if you're new or if you've been doing it for a while, you already know the love and beauty of 3D printing is being able to upgrade your own stuff and tinker with it and make it your own. So, there it is. I've talked about just about everything I think I can with the Ender 3 V2 for where I'm at right now in my printing journey. Um, like I say, this is this is a solid product. It's a solid printer. I would highly recommend it to anybody who's first getting into the 3D printing world, especially on the FDM side. And then learning how to print, learning the nuances, learning the learning the trit or the tips, the tricks, and just learning how to print overall. My last bit of advice is if you do get into 3D printing or you're new to it, be patient. It can be a frustrating process. There is a lot that goes into it. It's not just point and shoot. You're going to mess with settings. You're going to mess with your printer. You're going to mess with just sometimes it doesn't work and that happens. But ultimately, I don't think you can go wrong with this printer. As I've said, I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope if you were looking at the Ender 3 V2 or the Pro for that matter, that you seriously consider this one i think it's i think it's right in the budget pocket i think it's i think it's a solid investment for the money and if you do decide to go with it uh feel free to let me know i would love to see it once you guys got it up and printing and see what you guys out there are printing but other than that uh the last thing i'll leave you with is as always you can see what we're working on and what we got going on the dream falcon gaming uh, Instagram page at dreamfalcongaming underscore dfg. It is linked on the website and you will be able to see it. Go there, check out what we're doing, um, see what we're doing. And then as always, see what we got going on in the gaming world when we are, uh, when we're kind of just hanging out. So I hope you guys got something out of this episode and I look forward to chatting with you again in the next one.